Alright, three, two, one, and we're live. Alright, cool. What's up? How are you? I'm good, brother. Good. I'm really excited to do this. I'm excited for you to do this. I didn't think <laughs> you would be down, but I was like, I was excited that you hit me up and saying that you're down. It takes a lot of balls to do this. Hey, man, I just want to put myself out there in the world. <laughs> and I want to support my brother, you know. Uh, so. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think that's, we, let's start there. So I think that me and you, we always talk about it. We're different. Mm -hmm. Meaning, so like, obviously, you've known me for years now, right? Probably more years than we should probably admit on video, right? But the thing that I guess like I've always appreciated about you is that you're built different than the average Bengali, right? Now, that may sound like I'm generalizing an entire population, (laughs) which we do, right? Right. But if you're Bengali, you probably know the other Bengalis that we're talking about, right? Why is that? And for, I guess, like, to generalize those Bengalis, right? It's like the typical Queens, Patterson Bengali who smokes hookah every Friday and does nothing else, right? Why do you think that, A, why do you think that exists, right? And B, why do you think that, like, everyone, like, that came from our side of Jersey is different? Yeah. So I'll start off with myself, right? So I think I have a growth mindset. And there are two different mindsets that I've kind of realized throughout life. You got the concept of having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. This kind of goes back to a reading um, by the famous American psychologist, Carol Dweck. You might know her. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar. But Sorry, what was the name? Carol Dweck. Dweck. Okay. Yep, yep. You might want to read into her. So, but, And I actually found her readings at a very young age. And part of that was also how my parents raised me, having that growth mindset. And it doesn't, meter, doesn't matter. Well, I should say it doesn't it doesn't mean that my mindset's better than anyone else's. Yeah. It's not the perfect mindset to have, but this mindset has helped me become who I am today. You mentioned I'm built differently. You're built differently. I think we both have a similar growth mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons is probably how our parents raised us as our role models. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think how I grew up was a huge part of that, right? Um, the concept of self-improvement is huge for me. Of course, like you're mentioning, smoking hookah on a Friday night, hanging out with your friends. We all do that. We all yeah. like to get together and whatnot. But we also have a huge responsibility in making ourselves better as a human being. So I'm all about that kind of mindset, getting better every single day. And it could be the smallest thing you need to do just to make yourself that 2% better than you were yesterday. I feel like that is not taught in our Bengali society today. Yeah, so... Like I talked about this like with my parents a lot, right? I think most Bengalis and not just Bengalis I think most immigrants right are sold this bill of goods right of Put your head down study in school Mm -hmm. and that's gonna get you everything in life, right? And I think that's what even though like we're generalizing that type of Bengali, right? The other subset of that is hey, I'm just going to study or I'm just going to work Mm -hmm. right and in that they can't see that there's, oh, I got to be a better person to even elevate on a professional space, right? Right. They think it's all work-driven. And me and you know that that's different. Certainly not. Like production isn't isn't what gets you returns in the long run, right? Unfortunately, 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 depending on your perspective of it, right? Uh, Why do you think that, like, you you said your parents instituted a different mindset with you, right? Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, I think a couple things. One, I had the fortunate blessing to have parents who are very educated, right? So, and when we're sitting here generalizing the whole population, we want to be careful that at the same time, I want to be careful that there's certain, uh, certainly there are a lot of Bengalis that are super educated who are outside of those societal constructs of being a typical New York and New Jersey Bengali, right? So Bengalis everywhere. So we want to be careful that generalization. But for me, from my perspective that I can only speak about, I had a mom, I have a mom who's a computer programmer and I wish yeah. I had a fourth of her genius because she's the smartest woman yeah, I Yeah, your mom is, I think that's like good to emphasize, right? Like right. your mom is a lot more educated than the average Bengali mom, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, like not, again, not generalizing, but average Bengali mom is the stay at home mom who just cooks, right? right? Your mom is very different than that, right? right. Like yeah. super educated. And being being the former, being the stay at home mom is great too. There's, it's not 100%, better or worse. hundred percent. Right? But yeah. it does, as your as her child, right? It definitely changes your perspective on a lot of things, right? Absolutely, yep. Because you see that 
in your own parent, right? Rather than like, because I think like even though I pulled certain things from my parents, I also like looked out into the world and be like, I had to kind of build my own role models in these spaces, right? Sure. Yep. Um, but so like growing up in that household, right? How did you feel about like your own? Because your upbringing is different, right? Yeah. Did you did you realize that you were different? Yes. Um, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons I, I didn't realize I was different until about, I want to say about 13 years of age. So the first 11, 12 years of my life, I spent in North Jersey around the Clifton Patterson area, rough area, a lot of great family, a lot of great memories. And I didn't want to move at that age. Uh, we ended up moving down to South Jersey. Uh, lo and behold, quick story. My mom ended up getting a good job down there. So we ended up moving. Um, and South Jersey helped me see a different society. Even the Bengalis down there are a lot more different um, in their mannerisms, what they enjoy doing. And I also met, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of educated Bengalis yeah. um, versus the more folks who came over recently from Bangladesh. So that gave me the two sides of the coin. And I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not sitting here going saying, hey, I'm, I'm the next Bill Gates. Certainly not. Yeah. Hope I am. But, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I've been in America my entire life. I'm not an Technically, I'm not. Um, I'm a first-generation American, but I'm not an immigrant immigrant. That's yeah. right. I grew up here, um, so I got to see both sides of the coin, and I got to take the good and the bad from both. I mm-hmm. think that kind of made me who I am today. That is a big. So you touched on something. I yeah. think, a lot, and it's a very important thing to note, right? I think a lot of reasons that we are generalizing, and a lot of Bengalis end up becoming what we're talking about, mm. is because they move into the areas of Patterson, Queens, where there's other. Just straight up Sila de Bengali, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but you brought a good, up a good point, right? Where you're raised and who you're raised around obviously impacts who you end up becoming, right? right? So if you're just raised around other Bengalis, it just becomes like you're talking to a bunch of versions of yourself mm-hmm. rather than getting different perspectives, right? Absolutely. Like you'll see that a lot about um, like Bengalis, period, right? Super intelligent, just 100% lack street smarts. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've never had to deal with anybody outside of other Bengalis their entire life. Sure. Yep. Right. And that, I think, impacts it. Like, what do you think, like, I guess people can do at the current age? Like, if you're already a fully formed adult, like you're in your 20s and you're kind of like stuck in that already. Yeah. Like, what can they really do at this point? Do you think there's anything that they can do? 100%. 100%. And it's not, I, I think the easiest answer is to say make new friends, but you know, I'm 27 years of age. It's tough to make a new friend at yeah. that age, even at your age. You know, you're a few years younger than me. It's hard to make new friends, but that's not the only way. That's the easy way. And it's easy to say, ah, I don't want to make new friends, but there are different mediums and routes you can take that can make you a better person. For example, I, I don't call them online friends, but I have online groups, right? Yeah. On Twitter, on Instagram. And these aren't just, you know, my hobbies, but productivity groups, self-improvement groups, accountability groups, people who have similar mindsets as to you and I, similar to you, yeah. you and I have that are just looking for that next step in their lives. So just because you live in Patterson or, you know, I'm from Cherry Hill too. You live in yeah. Cherry Hill. Same thing. I have a lot of Bengali friends. Just because you live in that circle doesn't mean you have to stay in that circle. You, there are mediums to get out of that circle mentally. But at the same time, you can still live in Patterson and be a super successful person. I know plenty of successful Bengalis coming out of Patterson, New Jersey today, some of which is my own family. But again, going back to your question, exploring avenues online, also exploring hobbies, right? Um, it could be something as simple as playing sports, which kind of, unlo- for me, unlocked my determination, my passion, that built different mentality I brought. Yeah. Um, and hobbies could be something as simple as one of my best friends in life. He likes make crafting leather. It's a weird hobby, but it's an awesome hobby, and it makes him different. And crafting it, leather. Crafting leather. So this guy, this guy creates wallets and bags out of scratch. In fact, he made a great, great wallet, or excuse me, a bag for his um, girlfriend recently. Oh, oh, you gotta, so, you gotta let me know who this is. I know, I got, so, yeah, I know. Yeah, so. makes wow. That's actually out of scratch. Really yeah, and the guy's great, and you know, Bengali kid, and sweetheart, nice guy, one of my best friends in life. So. Um, yeah, man. I, I, so you mentioned it really quickly, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to note. I think sports is vital. Yeah. Right? Um, because I think certain... This is where I guess it gets tricky, right? Because I think every immigrant family... That's how you really connect with people, right? Right. Like, that's how I at least was able to connect in school, right? It was through 
music, like hip hop music and sports, right? Yeah. That was, that's our avenue of relation, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't really have much in common in terms of upbringing with like the white dude next door, <laughs> yeah. except for pop culture, like pop culture, right? Yeah. Hip hop, basketball, football, whatever, right? But I think a lot of people also use that and become enamored with the wrong parts of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I looked at sports and music as, like, hey, this is my way of relation. But then you get the flip side of, like, you know, like, those guys who, like, they can't even form, like, a real English sentence. Right, right. And they're, like, I don't, I hate using the word, like, appro- like appropriating, like, black culture, right? Well, they're trying that. to be a part of street culture. Exactly, right. A byproduct of that is they end up getting in trouble, yeah. gang, violence, whatever you want to call it, right? So. And you're starting to see that in, I think, our generation and the generation right like in the middle, I don't want to say in the middle, right below us, it's not mm-hmm. technically a different generation, just like kids younger. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of Bengali kids get into like gangs, drugs, yep. right? And I think that comes from not having that, like, sh- like delving too much into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, we always talk about it, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Are you trying to get, are you going to try to get your kids into sports? 100%. Once they can start crawling. Now, let me ask you this, and this is where I don't know if you're gonna, me and you are gonna agree. Do you think genetically we're disposed for athletics? Yeah, that's a loaded question. I think if you had to look at scientifically, no, consider you look at the size of NBA athletes and NFL athletes today in America. You're built different. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. think about it. I'm considered tall for a Bengali guy, right? And I'm not even, like, I'm average height for a male adult, right? So, like, we're not built like that. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not built like that. But I think that shouldn't detract us from wanting to play in sports, right? Mm-hmm. We don't all have to be LeBron James. We're probably no one's probably going to be LeBron James in the Bengali community. And if there is, thank God bless. I hope there is. Yeah. Right? But um, playing sports, doing any sort of physical activity, unlocks a lot of benefits besides just being huge or being the best player in your Bengali group of friends, right? Yeah. It unlocks determination, discipline, leadership ability, which is a whole other topic, which I'm sure you want to talk about. Um, and it lets you develop that over time. And that seeps into your, for me, playing sports, I play sports forever since I could walk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, again, I thank my parents for that, for pushing me to play sports, the arts. Naturally, I chose sports. Um, I got two younger brothers. Some of them are interested in arts. Some of them are interested in sports as well. But playing sports has put me in a leadership role within my family, but even within my friend circle. And when I say leadership, I don't mean being the guy in charge. I mean having that growth mindset, which I go back to. Yeah. Being built different, which you started this podcast. At. What, what, okay, so I want to emphasize this, right? Because I think it's important. For, I think a lot of immigrant families, right? They don't understand the value of sports, right? Mm-hmm. Because of exactly what you just said, or the original assumption that we just said, right? Mm-hmm. They think, hey, you're not going to be able to compete with LeBron, so why are you even delving into this space, right? So talk about the value. Like if I'm a recently immigrated Bengali, recently immigrated anything, right, Mm -hmm. why would I set up my kids for sports? Well, one, and I kind of alluded to this already, I said it rather, one, it develops discipline in your child. Mm -hmm. They have to go to practice multiple times a week, and it gives them a chance to sharpen their sword in that particular sport. And that will 100% seep into their career, yeah. their life, in dealing with you as your as their parent. Yeah, They'll learn that, hey, I need to work hard at this thing in order to get what I want. Um, now, you don't have to do sports to achieve that. You can be a great painter and paint every day and yeah. do that, right? The point is sports is an avenue to do that. And I feel like a lot of immigrant parents don't give their kids that opportunity because they just think – Hey, I just want my kid to be an engineer or a doctor. He's never yep. going to be looking at jobs. And it's not about the end product. It's about the process, which I think a lot of immigrant parents don't realize the benefit from. So you touched on an amazing point, and I want to go into this a little bit further. I think that sports actually helps with the other stuff, right? Because sometimes, like, so when I played, once again, like, this is how, like, parents really influence how the outcome of your life goes, yeah. right? So I played football my freshman year for like for the actual school team right right here's the thing so at that time i was probably the best student that i ever was right because i had a very stringent routine like you were talking about right mm-hmm. it's discipline it's what Gog- david goggins talks about creating grooves in your brain right yeah, absolutely understanding that like yo sometimes you have to do shit who's gonna carry the locks exactly right yep 
sometimes you have to do shit that you don't want to do. And that's an important thing. When I was actually playing, that was probably the most disciplined I've ever been, right? Because I had a routine. Mm-hmm. Go to school. Go to practice. Come home. I have two hours free. Homework. Finish. Let's go. Next day, Let's right? Go. And that taught me, like, yo, I have time to do these things, right? I only have a limited amount of time to do these things. So you work on them. But I think parents look at it as like, oh, if you're not playing sports for three hours, you have more time to study. Right. That's not the reality, right? When you give kids that much time, they just find other shit to occupy it, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when you get like the negative externalities of going into doing either dumb shit or like the mindset of we're talking about like sit around and watch TV all day. And those kids are eventually the kids who end up going... They just go from watching TV all day to smoking hookah all day. Like it's right. just that's the natural progression. And once again, that. that's not, that's not promoting a growth mindset. That's a fixed mindset. Yeah, you're fixed. Sports is one of the many million of avenues you can take to have a growth mindset. I will shoot. Here's 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 where I think we should shoot the immigrant family, the immigrant generation, a little bit of bail. Right? I think coming to this country, you you're actually told as an immigrant that you probably shouldn't have a growth mindset. Because you're told, hey, keep your head down, work, be a productive member of society as an immigrant. Like, you don't really feel like this is your country, right? So you feel like there's a cap, right? Like you said, like, we have at least aspirations and dreams of being, not maybe, maybe not being Bill Gates, right? But being the next row, whatever, right? Right, right. I think when immigrants come, they don't think that, like, hey, that's not my place in the society, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an immigrant, I'm on borrowed land, on borrowed time, right? And then they instill that into their kids, right? So now, although I shot some bail for the immigrant generation, if you just continue to send that to your kid, you're crippling him. Because for him, he like that kid, that baby has a fresh slate. Yeah. He could really be the next Rogan, LeBron, whatever, right? Yeah. Gates. But they're crippling them with their own fears into their own kid. Yeah. And one thing I think are... Again, generalizing, disclaimer, right? Always generalizing. <laughs> Always generalizing. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, I'm going to go into it. I think one thing in our society that I see a lot is we look for reasons why things won't work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I think our job, we can't keep looking at our parents as to why we can't do things. We need to stop blaming our parents. And, I, and when I say we, I see a lot of Bengali folks do this. Yep. Girl or gal. Oh, excuse me. Guy or gal, right? Yeah. And I've done it before and I'm sure you've done it before yep. at the younger ages. But as you... When you're older, you realize you got to be self-accountable. You just have to go and get what you want, but at the same time, doing that balancing act of respecting your parents and the fact that they're just not going to, end of the day, understand what you want, right? So it's a fine line, right, is what I'm trying to say. And I think it's our job to find solutions to these issues that we have with our parents. Yeah. Right? So I think that's a really interesting thing. We should go into this because I think you've navigated probably the best out of anybody I know, right? Navigating like your responsibilities as a child of an immigrant, but also your own wants and desires, right? Sure. Because we have expectations put on us by just being Bengali and young, right? Mm -hmm. But you've not been able to navigate your life in such a way where it's like, hey, it's still acceptable to this immigrant population. Yeah. But I'm still going to enjoy myself. Yeah. Right? Like, what do you think? Like, what kind of goes through your decision matrix when you kind of, like, think about these things? I put in the work first. And when I say put in the work, I have a couple of principles in my life that when I adhere to and I put that work towards to, whatever I do afterwards doesn't matter. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't feel bad about things I enjoy. Some of those principles, one is my family, taking care of your family. And that doesn't mean monetarily. It could be it could be physically it could money, be, whatever, yeah. right? It, but it could be as simple as playing video games with my two younger brothers. They love playing Mario Kart, right? Or spending time talking to my dad, mom and dad for hours about whatever issue they might be facing and helping them through that, right? Yeah. Or venting to them, whatever. Or simple as with my new in-laws, right? Just yeah. hanging out with them at the beach for the day like we did this past week, yep. right? So that's one thing. Another thing is my career. Am I busting my ass off to get what I to get where I need to? All right. So I said, family, career, fitness. Did I put in the work today to sharpen my body in order to get my sharpen mind? the sword? Sharpen the sword again to get my mind right. I don't work out to be huge. I mean, listen, I'm not a huge guy. Maybe for a Bengali guy, I'm a bit taller yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I don't consider myself some amazing fitness model by any stretch of the imagination, man. Um, but I do consider myself someone who takes fitness seriously. Um, but so that's another uh, principle I'd here too. 
Um, and of course, fiscally, ensuring that you know, the bills are paid, I'm yeah, investing yeah. my money. Those are the natural things, right? But those things will happen. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is like those things, like that, the fiscal part, we talked about this right before we actually started yeah. recording, right? That is a byproduct of the work. Right. right? That's, that, yeah. So People that, think that's the goal. Like I'm chasing the money, yeah. right? But if you sharpen your sword, it's going to happen. That sword is cutting up money anyway. It's, hey, it's going to happen, my friend. Like, listen, and that's my whole thing. I put in the word for those four or five principles I mentioned. Yeah. And if I want to sit on Friday night and, you know, go out to whatever restaurant, have a nice steak with my, yeah. my wife or you or whoever, I don't feel bad about that, it. I think that's what people get twisted about. Like, because now you see, it's like so weird. You see on like Twitter and IG, like, oh, like, don't work so hard. Take care of your health, right? All of that, right? Like, take care of your mental. And yeah, I agree. Like, every, all, we're humans. We all need a break, right? Absolutely. But what I think me and you are, talk, are talking about is earning your leisure yes right like putting in because like that's what like sometimes like i feel guilty right or i don't i don't feel guilty i think other people look at me a certain way and are like oh this kid's probably just like booling a hundred percent of the time right because that is like like whenever i'm out right, right. it's like i have like you know having a good time we're that man. guy we're those guys right hey, we're, like we're social we got a bunch of buddies and stuff but then it gives this negative stigma it's like oh like maybe he's one of those like basic Whatever, right? The general. Now you're, you're you're talking about the impression of people you have on on social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not people who actually know me, right? Because yep. think about it. If somebody saw just like the life we, like, hey, like this person's like always drinking or always like getting a steak dinner, right, right, right. right. They would probably bunch us with the the type that we talked about right. before, right? Yeah, yeah. But unless you see the other 90% of our lives, right? So sometimes I do feel guilty, but then I like think about like, oh, like you're just not seeing the world. You're not getting the full scope of who you are as a person. Yeah. They're not, and they never will. Yeah. You don't, you don't vlog your every yeah. moment of your life. I mean, if you wanted to, sure, by all means, but you don't, I don't either. Yeah. I'm a super private guy. Even doing this today, I had, I had some second thoughts. I'm like, do I want to give people access even in my mind? Yeah. Right now I'm doing that. Yeah, and I, I think that, like, a lot of people, it's easy to generalize, right? Yeah. And say, like, oh, this person's not working hard because I don't see it. Right. But meanwhile, this person just busted a 70-hour work week and now no they idea. can enjoy, right? Yeah, and they probably never brought it up to you if they're a real hard worker. Yeah. People who work hard don't talk about it. And you also don't know that they work hard because yeah. they make it look easy, yeah, right? exactly. Yep. Um, what do you think about that? There's a balance that I kind of wanted to talk to you about in, like, corporate America, right? Right. There's a balance between working hard but also making it look easy right what we just talked about before under promising over delivering yeah absolutely what is that line though because you want to still show that you're working right but sometimes things are just you know easy because you've been sharpening your sword right yeah yeah i think one of the biggest thing in terms of that motto under promising over delivering is the great people do the basic things better than anybody yeah so what's a basic thing you do at work Send an email. Send an email, right? Um, you'll notice people who have been in the workforce for 20, 30 years, they rarely say thanks, whatever, or warm regards, whatever, however you want to sign off with an email signature. At least I work in the banking industry. I've seen that a lot of people who have made tons of money, they could care less if they're talking to guys like me and you, right? Yeah. Or, hey, how you doing, Ray? Right? Hey, Iram, how you doing today? Uh, just wanted to check in. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, did you get a chance to... File that report on Friday. If not, it's okay. Let's talk about it on Monday morning. How many people do that, right? That's a basic thing that a lot of people are lacking. Are you saying that people don't do that? No, people. Well, I should say. I mean, maybe because I do that. I do that too. <laughs> I probably do like, it too much. Oh, I thought that was a basic thing. Oh. It is a basic thing. But my, my thing is a lot of people don't do those basic things well. And I know it's a very like stupid thing to talk about, but that's a really quick example in the workplace. You don't need to be a genius to be great at work. Yeah. Just do the basic things right. Talk to people. When you see them smile, hi, hello, get to know them on a personal level, especially when you're working with somebody in your team. When you get to know people on a personal level at work, it's a joke, man. Come on. I think that's important and tying it all back to that sports, right? Like that's like that. Have you ever heard of like when people used to sit in on Kobe practice? Yeah. He used to practice every step into any form that he took or any shot that he took. Right. But he was like, I'm going to make sure that each of these steps is perfect. Yeah. So then when I go to perform, it's, it's, you don't even think about it. Muscle memory. It It just happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause even what we're doing right now, and like something that like we are probably like different. We're good at like talking to people, right? Right. But that even is a muscle memory thing, right? Like 
my friends were always like, oh, like you feel, I feel like you can talk to anybody, right? And I'm all like, that's probably because I do talk to You practice every, it. Yeah. It's like any muscle. It's like your chest muscle. It's like your bicep, your tricep. It's a muscle. Yeah. That ability to vocalize efficiently, one, politely, two, and in a charismatic fashion, three. Yeah. I, I, like, I think people kind of get into the mindset of like, oh, I'm not good at this. So that's it. I'm just not going to do it. Right. Cause how many people do we know like that? Right. Too many where it's like, I'm not good at talking to people. Yeah. So go talk to people. Go talk to them. And if you screw up, so what? Yeah. They're, they're not going to put a, a letter on your chest and say, Hey, you, you can't, you're talk a bad talker yeah. for the rest of your life. You're a bad talker. But people label, put that chest on themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Put that yes. little letter on themselves and then just go out and say, I'm a bad talker. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you kind of start falling into that mentality of, oh, I'm just bad at this. Right. Rather than, hey, once again, growth mindset, right? Yeah. Nobody oh, starts at, at 100%. At no. anything. No. Even, like, LeBron, I'm sure, missed shots. Oh, yeah. He still misses shots. <laughs> yeah, always misses shots. They lost game one. Come on. Uh, no, or did they? No, they lost game one, right? They lost game one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you recently married. This is something <laughs> I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, man. First of all, how is it? It's great, man. It's is it every, you don't have to just say that. I know. <laughs> I know the wife's like you know right around the corner. She's but, about ten feet away. Yeah. Um, no, but like seriously, like did you? Because I have like I don't know enough people that have been married like from our generation to yeah. talk about them, talk about stuff like this. Is it exactly what you thought it would be? Yes and no. I'll start out with the yes. Obviously, without delving too much in my personal life, yep. me and her have been together for. Quite some time. We know each other inside and out. Yeah. This is a goal that we both wanted to attain and God willingly, and we were blessed enough to do it with the help of our families and me and our yeah. and making it happen. So we know each other inside and out, right? Um, so yes, it's been great. You know, we're living together now. We're doing our own thing. We're building towards the goals that we want to, we set out and we want to achieve. No, um, it hasn't been everything because I don't know everything there is. That you're expecting in a marriage, right? I don't mm-hmm. know everything. Yeah, I'm learning on a. Did you come with expectations to marriage? I had expectations for myself. Okay, like what kind of husband are you going to be? What kind of husband? And at the end of the day, whether you're a girl or a boy or non-binary, yeah, um, you have a responsibility to take care of that other person. Yeah, no matter what anybody says, right? And taking care of the other person doesn't mean my wife cooking food for breakfast. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. You this morning. That that's taking care of somebody, but. Yeah. Taking care is ensuring that they're physically right, um, mentally right, obviously physically, monetarily right, bills are paid, whatever, but ensuring at the end of the day, you guys are happy, you guys are growing together. I have a question about that. This is something, just me personally thinking about this. Yeah. You are, have a, we've already established, I believe that you're an alpha personality, right? But my cousin is also a very alpha personality, right? Mm-hmm. So me personally, I've always, anybody I've usually dated, right? Has always been not that, right? Mm-hmm. Because like for me, I don't know, maybe it's just who I've ended up with, right? I feel like that leads to friction or whatever, right? How do you take care of somebody who's also very self, you know, self-sufficient, right? Yeah, yeah. And my cousin can handle her shit, right? Yeah. But as an alpha, how do you take care of another alpha? Like, how do you look at that? How did Dwayne Wade and LeBron James win championships together? They sacrificed, right? There is sacrifice. There's sacrifice, right? There's certain skill sets that they had. Dwayne Wade could score good out there and average 30 games. Yeah. He but he did it during his Miami years. I think LeBron did once or twice because that's LeBron. Yeah. But again, to flip it back to me and my wife, there are opportunities we give each other to shine. At the end of the day, there are things that I'm better at than her at. Yeah. No matter what, right? everybody has that. And vice versa, your own strengths. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. hell, she's probably better at a lot more things than I am. Yep. But it's accepting and killing off that ego and realizing at the end of the day, despite my wife being better, a better, you know, cook than me, for example, right? I know her being a better cook than me is only beneficial for our relationship, and she's looking out for me. It's not a competition, right? Vice versa, uh, I'm probably better than her at I don't know. Uh, being extremely organized. I'm a, really an organized yeah. guy. Not that she isn't. So that's an opportunity where I get to shine, right? Um, you know, you can't really shine being no, no. yourself organized. You get, you no, but I, it's giving them the yeah. avenue to, like, yo, you kill this shit. Right? Yeah, that's and, you. And I'm going to kill this other shit. Tonight, you go out and score 30. Tomorrow, if you need me to score 30, I'm going to go out there and get it. Simple. Hmm. When are, another random question because I don't feel like I've ever asked you this even off mic. Yeah. When did you realize, like, I'm ready to get married. 
Well, or this is the person I'm trying to get married to. Both, both okay. questions. Oh uh, yeah, that's a loaded one, man. Yeah, uh, definitely had a black and white answer. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is different. But I'll give you my my, my thoughts. Right, so you're asking. Um, again, we've known each other for quite some time. We know each other inside and out. But one of the biggest things, and you're not the first person to ask me that. I have a lot of my best buddies ask me that, dude. How the hell did you figure all this out? And early, you're so lucky. And I say, dude, I'm not lucky. I just knew what I wanted, and thank God I ended up getting it. But also, we. Um, and I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. We um, one of the biggest things I tell my my friends who ask me, and you're asking that is, does your significant other let you be yourself at all times? And being yourself doesn't mean you know can I just sit around and play video games all day because you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's can I can I exist and grow in this space in my life while coexisting with my partner authentically? Authentically. Without feeling it forced. What's amazing about my wife is that she lets me, she does not marginalize me in any aspect. Now, there are things I sacrifice in the marriage, but... But I think that's that's a good distinction that you're making, right? right yeah. Like, you should be authentically yourself. Right. But like you said in the beginning, every relationship probably has some bit of compromise in the middle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, what, I guess, like, that's a very unique point because I think most guys, right... I'm younger than you by a couple of years, right? But I'm sure you still have friends that are like this, right? When we meet a woman, right? Yeah. We curtail our personalities around that woman to impress or whatever, right? Yep. You never had to do that, right? Like, I've known you for years. You've always been who you've been, right? Right, 100% of the time. Yeah. But most people don't get, like, I think they pigeonhole themselves into a weird hole because it's like, hey, I portrayed myself as this but i'm not really this right and now i'm just stuck pretending like i'm like this for the next like three years of my and life how often does that relationship last never yeah never for the long run right you might be able to fool herself and yourself for maybe a couple, couple years stops but maybe your friends in the process you'll be lucky to get your friends back if you're acting like that because I, I have friends who are like that still like that and i yeah. try to let them know that hey man you can't put all your eggs in one basket with anybody you gotta have one egg for yourself man and your family and your friends and Still grow within that, you know what I mean. You you, you can't you can't give all your energy towards one person because that's not going to happen. I don't give all my energy towards her. She doesn't give all her energy towards me. You got to leave some in the tank for yourself. I think that's important, and that's something I think like I've always admired about you guys, right? Because I've always seen, and maybe just because like young relationships compared to like mature adult relationships, right? Yeah. People get like very engrossed. Mm-hmm. Inside their significant other, right? Yeah. But you and her both, right, have been able to manage friends, family, while still giving each other like the you know just do, right? Right. And how do you, do you? Is that like an active thing that you think that you do, like actively split time, or is it just like, hey, like I'm gonna do me for this amount of time, you're gonna do you for this amount of time, and then whatever time we have together is solid. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. It's not like we set out, all right, this is Sunday night. Five hours this week, I'm going to have me time. Yeah. You know, it's nothing fixed like that. It's, it just naturally happens. Again, it's going back to those principles I laid out for you early when we were talking, right? I want to, if I'm dedicating time to the, all those principles, naturally, part of that is also the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm already given time. It's kind of like, it kind of fits in its own uh, space, yeah. per se, right? Um, it just kind of happens naturally, man. And it's, and it's something that's not going to happen overnight, right? The, maybe the first the first couple weeks uh, we've been married, one thing that we were trying to figure out is how much space to give each other, but also be there for each other and spend time with each other while spending time with you guys or my friends or her friends or what have you, right? So it doesn't happen overnight. You slowly, slowly evolve. How did you figure that out? What was that process like? Yeah. Yeah, like- I, I, think it's, I think it's having open conversations that, hey, okay. Like, so me personally, I do need some time to charge every day. Recharge my battery yep. every day. Um, you know, I can be both extroverted and introverted depending on the situation. Um, you know, like you, I love talking to people, but at the same time, after a long day at work, I just need to recharge. For yeah, me time. Right? Yeah, me time. It could be literally reading a book. It could be scrolling on Twitter. It could be working out, which usually yeah. is me time for me, or playing FIFA, whatever the heck it is. And same for her, whether it's talking to friends, reading the book for her, watching YouTube, whatever it is. Those. Are, so we've established those boundaries, quote unquote. But again, it's not like we're fixing three hours a day we're doing this. It's just we need it. Whether at that 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., that's that um, uh, un- unidentified time. We just figure out on a daily basis. Basis, yep. Yeah, yeah. 
What what's it what's like the process been like? Because it's different because you've known at least most of her family for a long amount of time, right? Yeah, yeah. But what is that process like as the new groom inside a new family? Like kind of like learning the ins and outs of how this family works, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure for her too, right? Like how your family works compared to ours, right? Right. It has to be a process. Oh yeah, of course, still is. Yeah. And is that something that like? Was it was that challenging for you? I mean, like you've had like been interacting with us for like years, right? Like, yep. so it's different, right? But like, just like I guess, like the adults, the adults in the family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, part of that is I grew up around a lot of Bengalis, so I know how to interact on and off with them, how to greet them, how to sit down and talk to them about certain things. So that aspect of socializing with your family was easy for me. And thank God, y'all are amazing, right? Y'all accept me with open arms. Yep. You did. And I truly appreciate that because it could have gone the other way too. Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? Um, but some of the things I try to do to get myself integrated easier with people in general, not just you know my in-law family, is I want to get to know what jazzes you up, what gets you going in the morning. And I actually want to sit down and get to know the person. I got to know you pretty well through your various interests, and me and you have a lot of interests that align with each other. Yep. So I kind of I feel like I know your soul. I know you in and out. Obviously, not everything, yeah, but yeah. a good 89%, right? I feel. Um, you can't do that with every person in the family, but you'll see there's four or five people in every family where you should, who are kind of the people who are essentially the gatekeepers of the family. Yeah, right? You yeah. want to get to them. And usually gatekeepers are like my mom-in-law, my dad-in-law, yeah. right? you guys, right? So those, and there's all extended cousins and stuff, but you know, those folks come. That's important with the co, uh, in the workspace too, right? Yeah, yeah. To yeah. figure out how to ingratiate yourself with, cause that's a really important concept. I and and think- real quick, I apologize for cutting you off, but do it naturally. I'm not going to go in a room and be like, hey, everybody like me. It's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do it naturally. Yeah. I think this is formulaic. No, no, no. Yeah. And I think we, sometimes because of how our minds work. Yeah. We're making it sound like it's a formula for and success, to right? To quote one of my favorite books, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I'm sure you Phenomenal book. Phenomenal. One of my favorites. Um, humans are not creatures of logic. but I don't want to screw the quote up here. They're not creatures of logic, but they're creatures of bristling pride and self-arrogance. A hundred percent. We're not creatures of logic. Me and you are yeah. to some extent, but not most people. Me and uh, me and Seth were talking about this before I came here. And... I, I, I don't even know if this is a quote from the book or something. I just took away from it. Yeah. It was like nobody thinks they're the antagonist in their own story. Oh, absolutely not. Like, you know how like we're looking at this from a very logic perspective, right? right? Most people really believe that, hey, what I'm doing is right, right? right, right. Like those people that we talked about earlier in the podcast, they I'm sure they could justify what they're doing to us. All right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, hey, I'm, do- I'm doing this knowing that it's wrong. Hey, it's easy to assume that you're right. It's easy, but we don't spend enough time just assuming you're wrong. Intellectual curiosity is something that's big, right? What do you mean? Um, I don't think we do, we don't ask enough questions. Like, there are things. About ourselves? No, no, about why other people oh, do, yeah, do things, right? So, uh, with one of my friends, as an example, like, maybe there's something that he likes doing or he doesn't do. I never really sat down with him and asked him why. Like, why don't you do this, man? Why don't you work out? What yeah, the hell's yeah, wrong yeah. with you, man? Just work out. Maybe there's an internal reason that I just don't know about. That's, and no. I need to stop thinking that everyone can work out. Some people can. Maybe they have a bad leg. Maybe mentally they don't like it. I think that comes with maturity and growth, though, right? Because yeah, yeah. I used to be maybe – I don't know if you've ever had this problem. But I think you handled it much better than I do. I'm very – because of how I'm built, when people around me aren't built the same way – I used to get like angry. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. I used to be like, so for example, like we had this conversation, like people being on time, right? That was like a thing for me, right? right? I used to be like, the fuck you mean you can't meet at like one thirty? If me and you have an outstanding appointment at one thirty, my brain is like, oh, I'm going to be there 15 minutes early. Again, that's a basic thing that you can do in the workplace and perfect it. The 90% of people at work can't. But exactly, right? But then... I've like when I was like younger or when I was growing up, I want to say younger, like 18 to 20. Yeah. I'd be like heated. I would take that personally. Right. I'd be like, Oh, like you don't respect me or my time. Right. But then as you get older, I think you start asking like, Oh, like why? Let's really dig deep. Right. Right. Let's figure out why you're late. Oh, it's because you don't view time the way that I view time. Yeah. For you, it's like, oh, we're going to meet at one thirty for lunch. Let's just meet at one forty-five. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah. But the way that I look at it is like, oh, that's 15 minutes of my day wasted. Right. Yeah. But I think 
asking that question of like, hey, like let's come to that understanding mm-hmm. of like, yo, why? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure we even have coworkers like that, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, like I say, I'm gonna get something done by Monday. So what? I get it to you Tuesday morning. For right. them, it's like. You're not even going to look at it Monday night. Right. So why the fuck does it matter if I get it to you Monday night or Tuesday morning? Yeah. But for us, it's like, no, no, no. That's not the point. It's what that actually represents in the bigger term, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that'll fuck you up a lot, like, thinking of shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone is built like that. No. And then it, it's, it's straining on relationships if you escalate it. Right. If you expect everyone to have the mentality that me and you have... We're not going to get anything done in life. We're not going to be successful. That's, that's just facts. Is that true though? Yeah. Well, how do you balance that? So like, let me ask this, right? Because I was like, I'm somebody who's like, yo, if I'm going to be a killer, yeah. I want killers around me. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way. Yep. Is is that how you hold your friend group now? Because I, I, I've met a couple of your friends, right? But so I used to be like very, hey, if you're not a killer, you can't even sit, sit at a stable, right? right? Right. But then... You start cutting off way too many people. Yeah, it's a selfish way to think about it. And I thought about it that too when I was younger. And what now you now what? Anybody's allowed access to your table? Certainly not. Certainly not. No. Um, I mean, were you gonna add to that? Because I kinda No no no. Okay. No, I wanna hear your thoughts on this. I think this is there's a balance. You obviously don't So what's the saying, right? You the, the average of the five most close people around you end up yep. them, right? So can you re-say that? Because I think that's important. I want to get that across. The average of five people, the close five close people to you, if you take their average, you're going to end up being that person. That's who you, you are. You got five killers around you, you're going to be five killers. Yep. You got five bums around you, well, guess what? Yeah. Now, you just can't live life thinking everybody's going to be a killer, right? And let's define killer because that can yeah, mean yeah. a lot of things, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but let's say a killer has an example someone who has the growth mindset yeah. that me and you have, right? Not everybody somebody has Somebody gets it. after it. Yeah, somebody just gets after it, man, yeah. right? Gets things done, right? Um, some people are working to that. Some people already have that. Some people will never have that. That's okay. Um, but again, going back to the question, the balance is, of course, the number one thing is, can I get along with you? Do we have similar hobbies? Yep. But I think as a killer, quote unquote, you have the responsibility to bring along your team. Yeah. I have friends who have a lot of issues. I got some issues. We got to want that. What do you mean? Like your friend, like I used to think that, right? Like I'm going to pull you to success, right? But you well, have to be here. here, here. I, want, I want to be clear. I'm not pulling you to success. Okay. I'm putting you in a forum where you can be successful if you want. Yeah. Okay. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I can make a horse go to the water, but I can't make that thing drink. Drink. Yep. 100%. Yeah. That, that's what I mean, right? Yeah. But you see that so much in sports too, right? When yeah. killers hang around killers. Yeah. Like, I, like something I'm admiring right now um, is the Khabib camp. Yeah. Like that camp. Ridiculous. AKA. That's killers, yeah. right? Uh, like for people who don't know what we're talking about, right? Like in the UFC, like Khabib, who's the the goat right now, right? Yeah. In his weight class, right? Yeah. His entire team is just fucking killers, right? Right. Everybody who trains with them, fucking killers. I mean, this uh, guy trains with Daniel Cormier every day, so fucking killer, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But I think that's important to, for people to realize. But it's definitely like, what's your experience with that? I think it's a tough line to balance because when you have just killers around you. Uh-huh. You also have the tendency to butt heads, right? Yeah. Because if you put too many alphas in a room, right. like sometimes it does lead to friction. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that friction is positive. Yeah. But other times it's negative, right? How do you kind of navigate that right now? I think that's going back to when you asked me how me and my wife did things because we have similar type A personalities or alpha personalities, whatever you call it, right? Yeah. Um, it's understanding that your group of killers or your friends or family all have common goals and you're going to have to realize on the way, you're going to have to sacrifice some of those things, right? Again, we keep bringing up sports analogies, but that's the easiest thing, way to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, If I'm your true friend, I'm happy around that. I'm happy to give you the ball that night to get 30 points. Yeah. If you need to get 30 points to the team in order for you to get a $10,000 bonus in your contract. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You- I think, I, but here's the thing. What you're mentioning right now is something that shows security, Yes. Because there's, look, even though we're grouping all these types of people, even within this type of killers, right? Mm-hmm. There's subsets, right? Because you have insecure killers out there who won't let that happen. Yeah. Right? Like, there's people who don't want to see their team win right. because they think it takes some of the shine off of them. Right. Right? Because they're like, hey, I'm the killer in the group. If somebody and those people kills, will never be as successful as the, the opposite of that. Just saying. I'm trying to think who's like in sports, right? Because like I think about like Jordan, right? Who didn't get along with anybody because he was a killer, right? Mm-hmm. 
But then I think about like Braun, right? Who's like the different breed of killer, right? Like I like Braun is probably like the mature, like who you would want to be, right? right. Hey, I'm gonna eat, but everybody in my team is gonna eat too. Right. Like, but then you see Jordan, who's the flip of that, right? Like, I'm gonna eat so hard that nobody else is eating. Right. Everybody's all slim fast. But the, my counterpoint to that is those are just different leadership styles. And the guys that Jordan played with, they purposely did not eat, knowing that Jordan was good enough to, to eat. eat to eat for everybody. They're like, hey, MJ, you're coming out getting 40 tonight. That's your job. We know you're going to get it. We're here to get you open. Yeah. We're here to pass through the rock. Yeah. So, again, it depends on the type of guys you have around you, right? And I'm saying guys, right? It's a political. Yeah. I got close girlfriends. Yeah. I got close girlfriends, right? Um, are they willing to sacrifice their selfish desires in order for the team, okay, the group of friends, to get where they need to go, right? Um, are you willing to put that sacrifice? Jordan has probably had a sacrifice too. Think about when Pippen came in, right? They drafted yeah. Pippen. He was just a talent, Jordan. Obviously not as good, but he had to give up some things, right? How do you realign? This is a, just because we're talking about circles, right? Yeah. How do you realign the circle once you're married? Like, is there a realignment? Because you only have like so much like applicable like time like yeah. for other people, right? Yeah. And now that you're together, like you gotta balance like her friend group, her family, your friend group, your family, right? And then create the circle that I guess your joint circle per se, right? Right? Like how do you kind of analyze? How do you guys go about that? So I have like my bigger circles, which you just mentioned, the four or five different friend circles me and her got between. But then I have my inner. I can count on my hand, yeah. three to five guys or gals who I talk on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get after it together. And getting after, by the way, doesn't mean just getting better every day. It could just literally be me checking in on you. Yeah. Excuse me. And saying, hey, you're on how you doing today? What's going on? Yeah. That is also a form of getting better because we're just trying to get on the same wavelength, right? I, I, I think that's undervalued. I think people just say like, oh, like you got to kill every day, right? No. Like some of it is just like the conversations you're having with your circle, right? right. Like I realized it was much easier for me to like – be worried about fitness when my circle was actively worried about fitness, right? right? When we were all like, oh, like, what's everybody like working out today or what's everybody yeah, yeah. eating, right? Right. And I think you get better through that. That's like, once again, like the average of the people around you, right? Once they started caring, because it's hard being the only killer too, right? Because yeah, you got to be super self-motivated, mm. but sometimes your team's bringing you down. Like your team's like, oh, let's go smoke. And you're just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Right. Like, you guys are my friends. Like, why wouldn't I, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have people around you that strike that balance. Yeah, you got to have a balance. Because sometimes that social activity that you don't want to go to, that your friends are begging you to go to, yeah. you should go for the better man of the team, for the group. It's building camaraderie. Hmm, this is interesting. It, I like this point. This yeah. is interesting, interesting, interesting. Let's go into this, right? Do you think that sometimes you have to sacrifice things that you because like we're adults right yeah. so sometimes like we don't want to do shit yeah. do you do that often all the time all the time the shit that you don't want to do all the time it's part of life it's part of life the, sh- the things you don't want to do and do them anyway is called discipline right but also let's go back to the friends thing i'll give you a really quick personal example between me and you yeah so last year i think we had brunch for your birthday mm-hmm. right right yeah, in yeah. the city it was a great time Guess what? That day was also the day of my birthday. Yep, I remember. I didn't do anything for my birthday that day. And not that I needed to. I don't, I don't give a yeah, yeah, yeah. on my birthday. I'm an old dad, whatever. Yeah. Man. But it would be really easy for me to be like, nah, it's my birthday. I don't care about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that day, you know, my wife's telling me, hey, let's go. Man, I could have been like, no. Today's yeah, my yeah, day. It's my birthday. Even yeah, if yeah. I stay home and play video games, it's my day. Yeah. But you know what I realized? It's important to be there for you. You know why? I'm going to be ingratiated into your family I want to build that camaraderie with you. Yeah. I want to show you that, hey, we might not talk every day, but I'm coming into your family and I want to show that I'm there for you. Whether you hate me or love me is a different story. Yeah. But hey, and sound, it's going to sound stupid, but I would see it in your eyes that you were happy that I showed up. 100%. And quite frankly, I had a great time. I didn't yeah. regret going at all. You know what I mean? See, that's, but, that, but that's building that camaraderie. 100%. And look at our relationship now. Very different. No, I 100% agree. Because I start to think of like, Cause like, you know, like obviously like my friends, my cousins, they're all going to date people, meet people. Right. Sure. And I've realized the people that I fuck with and sometimes like, you know, like, you know, people ask you their opinion about their significant other. Right. Yeah. You just lie. Right. I've never had to lie for you because I've always felt like the effort was being made on your end. Right. Yeah. Which I usually don't see. Right. Sometimes like a lot of people or a lot of significant others come into events when it's convenient for them. Right. right? I think the true indicator of a relationship is when shit is un 
like it's not good for you. Right. It's not convenient for you. Right. Because it shows more of a, hey, you actually give a fuck, right? You you brought up my birthday from last year. I even think about my birthday's from like two years ago, right? I did it in the city and I was like, I like I told uh, I told my cousin, I was like, I didn't think you'd show up. Mm. And she was like, well, fuck you mean, why wouldn't I show up, right? <laughs> I was like, it's a bunch of fuck like you've graduated past this. It's a bunch of fucking college kids, it's like some club in the city that like right. I know at your age I wouldn't want to do it, right? <laughs> So I'm just like, I was surprised, right? But like you and her both showed up and I was like, oh, like, no, 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 this is different, right? Like it shows that you really, really care, right? Even though like, like you said, like me and you probably didn't talk like, like for the last like X amount of years I've known you, right? right. We probably don't talk every day, right? We probably talk more now. We talk a lot more now. Yeah. Probably but, almost every other day. But the, yeah. like the foundation and the groundwork was so much there already so when you came in it just felt like a natural it, progression. we were building on that relationship for years to come yeah. so when it officially happened where i was part of your family we just it was the most natural progression right yeah. um and that's not by accident my friend so yeah no i think i think a lot of people don't realize the amount of work that it takes to build family camaraderie like and, yeah. and that's something that like yeah like you've worked on mm-hmm. actively like you i know it's strategic on your end right but bit. i think a lot of people don't but it's, it's strategic, it's, but it's genuine. I want no, to hundred percent. No, yeah. it could be like I think people give a negative connotation to like being calculated, yeah. right? Like that's a negative. We're Scorpios. Thing. We're super calculated. Yeah, we're always playing chess. Yo, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's why I mean, you get along. We're just thinking five steps ahead. Oh, I didn't realize that you were Scorpio. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> just lining up now. No, but I think a lot because I've heard so many people complain yeah. when they get married into a family about their significant other's family, right? Sure. Because yeah. they're like, oh, they don't like include me and shit. Right. But I'm a, like. You expect to be included based off of just the marriage aspect, yeah. right? I don't think that's fair, right? Because all the marriage thing does is give you entry to the door. Right. What you do is 100% then up to you. Are you going to stay in that room or not? You got on the door. Are you going to stay in that room or not? Are you going to stay in the room? Are you yeah. going to play ball? Yeah. Right? You got to play ball with people who are different than you. Your family is never going to be the same as your in-law family. 100%. be good and bad things on both sides, but that's a different story. Yeah. Do you... Now that you've gone through it, what's yeah. the least favorite part of the brown <laughs> wedding part? Oh, man. <laughs> it's just so many events. And, like, you know, let me press by saying I love my family. We both got a huge yes. family. We love everybody. Um, I love the socialization and everything. But, man, at the end of the day, I just wanted to get married and start my life. Um, I have fun at those events. And COVID kind of threw a wrench in our plans, yeah. as you know. So it wasn't as great as we wanted it to be. But... There's a fine balance, and I feel like sometimes we teeter into that "let's have a party" thing way what? too much more than just getting the act on. Do you think that's because um, I've always looked at? Maybe this is my perception. I think a lot of people because you're different, right? You wanted to get that done so you could start the rest of your life, right? Not in like a negative way. I like, want to get that done so we can start having fun. <laughs> exactly, right? But most people look at that event as the be all end all, right? And I really appreciated that you guys were able to pivot, right? Because I think a lot of people would have just been like, no, fuck it, like we'll just wait the year, right? right? Yeah. Um, because, but don't you think like a lot of Bengali people do that kind of as like as a flex a little bit? Like if you're not there to witness yeah. like my ball and wedding, then it didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know. There, so I'm the eldest of three in my family. Yep. So there's an expectation that me as the first son, it's going to be a grand wedding. And we, you know, we kind of did have one. Yeah. Our reception's TBD. And if and when God willing, that, that'll be a grand, yeah. a big one too, right? Um, but back to what I was saying, I think, um, yes, there was an expectation for me to have one and I was willing to have one. But to be honest, I was thinking beyond the scope of just that day. Yeah. That day is fine and dandy, but I'm more pumped for me and her to get our own place, for me and her to work towards our yeah. uh, physical, mental, uh, spiritual, physical goals. Right? Yeah. I was looking forward to that. I'm planning for that. I'm planning for that right now. I think in 10-year terms. I don't think in 10-day terms. Yeah. Do you think – this is one weird question. Yeah. Uh, we're both the oldest like you know, sibling, right? Yeah, yeah. So is uh, my cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that played an impact in who you became? Like, I always think about this, right? Like, like, cause your brothers are di- very different than you, right? Sure. My sister is very different from me, sure. right? Uh, do you think that being the eldest son of an immigrant family played into your development and who you, your perception of who, who you were? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I think naturally as the elder sibling, eldest sibling, you end up developing, developing what's called a hunter gatherer mentality, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, are you familiar with the hunter-gatherer mentality? Like you're the hunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're hunter-gatherer. You know, back in the day, you had the eldest siblings of a lot of families, primarily males because of the patriarchal society yeah. back in the day. still kind of is, but whatever. Yeah. Um, who would go out and get food for the family via hunting, even picking vegetables or whatever, and bring it back to the family. They even do this in wolf packs today, right? Yeah. Um, I think as the eldest sibling, you end up developing that naturally because you become – you're that first offspring – and your parents are getting older. So as you become older, your as you become older and your parents are getting older, you realize, okay, my mom and dad can't do what I'm doing at my rate anymore. I need to go and get it. Yeah. Not only do I need to go and get it, I need to be that standard for the next two offsprings or three offsprings, uh, siblings, right? So I think it just naturally happens. You end up having that mentality. How do you how are you going about this? Because I'm trying to figure this out for myself. Because um, me and me and us have talked about this right before I came too, right? Yeah. If you look at all the oldest in our immediate families, right? Me, you, Nash, Nishia, right? Like all of us are all like he described it as like you guys are like generals, right? Yeah. And the rest just follow suit, right? right. But here's the thing. I don't wanna be crippling to my younger cousins or my younger sibling and not have them be killers in their own right, right right how are you trying to instill that in your like brothers right because i like that's what i'm trying to figure out right yeah. how do i make sure that you're also a killer right? Right, right like it's great i'm a killer for this family that's fine right, right, right and right. we're in the same room maybe i'm the bigger killer but i still want you to be a killer right right like i want you to be a captain of your own army right, right? yeah yeah um giving them opportunity to shine in areas that you know they'll shine and be willing to sacrifice your ego knowing that if I give my younger brother and sister this opportunity to take the lead on this, mm-hmm. that'll help them develop that killer mentality over time, right? And I don't think that happens enough. That's why we have like, you know, they call it like middle child syndrome. It's because they don't give that middle child enough opportunity to go out and be that hunter-gatherer. Give them the opportunity. Even if they screw up, who cares? They did it. See, that's – but that's exactly what I'm trying to fix. Like that's what I'm trying to talk to you about, right? Because yeah. we have this like – weird thing in our group chat right where like all the younger siblings were like oh they decided right like yeah. talking to me about me you and Nisha right like yeah, yeah. oh like, you, they decided right yeah. so th- that's it right yeah. and you said something like no 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 like we're all executives in this we're all executives, we're all executives in this group chat right yeah. but it's how do we get them to believe that right because that's what we have struck- like we just adapt to it naturally right. right but for them like yeah we're trying to instill it right. like how do we cre- like, like you said it doesn't happen enough right yeah. Like, how do we get that to happen? Because, like, even naturally, sometimes I'm like, maybe we should take a step back. It's not in our nature, right. but we sh- maybe we should step back. Because I was like, I was thinking about like just like planning for some family event that right. we're coming up, yeah. right? Me, you, Nisha just took initiative, right? Yeah. And I'm like, is that responsible of us, or maybe we're doing that too much, right? Because sometimes it feels like, oh, if I don't do this, it won't get done. Right. But it's like, fuck, like. You're becoming reliant on us just doing it. What about when something hap- bad happens and you can't do it? You're disabled. You're sick. You're, you're, you just can't do it. You need to have people around you who have the ability to step up in, in your absence. But going back right to that earlier point you made, the best leaders aren't just people who are generals. In fact, they're not generals at all. The best leaders create leaders. We should be creating leaders within our little group. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Give them the opportunity, as I mentioned, give them the opportunity to succeed. And if they screw up, don't say, hey, you did this wrong. Say, I'm really glad you did this. Um, probably wasn't the most efficient way. Next time, maybe do it this way. Yeah. And it'll only get, make you better. I think, I think it's so difficult for us to instill that, right? Because they have us as the crutch, right? Yeah. Because, like, we've had, like, here's the thing, like, like we were talking about in the beginning, it's about sharpening your short, right? right. Like, me, you, Nisha didn't get good. Like, we weren't born good at planning no. any more that they were, right? Mm. It's just because we had to do it for our parents or our family for, like, X amount of years. We had no choice. So we just did it, right? But then because they had the luxury of just, like, sitting back and watching shit happen, mm. it created this, like, oh, like, it'll just get done if even if I don't do it mentality. Right. It, it, it's tough for me because, like, I sometimes see that and I'm like, damn, like, we should really just fucking step back. Yeah, yeah. Part of that is stepping back, uh, putting your ego to the side, and just saying, "Hey, what do you want to do? How? When's the last time you asked your sister that?" Honestly, That's true. What do you want to do? That's true. And it, and I guarantee her answer is, "I don't know." And just tell her next time she says that, just be like, "Oh, I don't know." And just leave it. Give her give her five ten minutes to figure it out. Yeah. Let her go to a different room. You just keep letting her guess what she wants to do. I think 
that's smart. I think like next time, like yeah. we gotta figure out like, hey, yo, you wanna do this? Go do this. Yeah. Like we'll follow suit, right? Just, just tell us. Just tell us. And it, it's okay if you think it's stupid. Yeah. We might think it's stupid. We might say it's stupid, but you did it. That's important. Yeah. And me, you, and my wife, we're we're quick. Boom, boom, boom. We come yeah. up with like this, right? Other siblings might not come with that same fire and intensity in coming up with solutions. So we need to give them that extra five times. Yeah. Instead of it's like, you're taking too long. I got this. I think that's what it is. Cause like, it was so funny. We had a, we, we FaceTimed uh, each other while we were trying to make this decision, right? About something. And like, they're just circling back and forth, right? Yeah. Nisha hops on the call. Five seconds in, it's like, all right, this is what we're doing. That's how we're doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, damn, like, I think it's important, like in that situation, like now, like talking to you about it, like it would probably be really good to have those two ideate for like thirty minutes. Yeah, like let them shoot the shit and then yeah. figure it, figure it out, and then be like, and they'll probably right. come up with better solutions than we can. They just yeah. need more time. Yeah, no, that that's the one thing. Like even with like your younger brothers, right? Yeah. I, and like even like stuff, I'm like, damn, you guys are like funny as fuck, right? But it's because like when we get in this large ass group. You gotta fight for your scraps, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, yo, you're hilarious. Like, you should just like be saying shit like all the time. Ninety nine point nine percent of Oscar is the funniest guy in the room. Hundred percent. But because like he has to like just fight for the scraps of like attention because there's so many of us and there's so many big personalities. And I'm just like, dude, like he always says that he's all like, yo, you guys have a bigger personality than like I'm like that's not true. You are actively curtailing your personality because you were like, oh, like let me give them runway, right? But in hindsight, like we should be giving you that runway to go fucking kill in your right, own venue, which right. is make people laugh. Right, right. It's I, I, I'm not envious. Like that's my biggest fear of becoming a parent because I don't want to create. Like I think that's everybody. I don't know if you have this fear of offering your kids certain things that you didn't get, mm-hmm. but still toughening them up where they are also killers. Yeah, it's a balance because expecting your son and daughter to be the same exact replica as you is, and I'm it's not dangerous. a parent. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. Not only is it dangerous, it's a formula for disaster in raising your kid. Yeah. You know, our parents don't want, at the end of the day, our parents don't want us to be like that. Morally, yes. Mm-hmm. But probably not career-wise, fitness-wise, whatever, right? Yeah. No, they want us to be better. A parent naturally wants their kids to be better. So we should think about it that way. And at the end of the day, being better doesn't mean having our same mindset. No, absolutely not. Are you going to get your kids in the UFC? I would like to. I'd like to throw them in there early with MMA training. Um, I've been doing MMA training specifically with Jiu-Jitsu for a couple of years, not more than a couple of years. Um, I've been boxing since I was about 17, 18 years old. So that's where I built a lot of my passion, my mindset, being around those quote-unquote killers, right? Um, and I, would lo- I wish I started at a young age because it would even make me a better person than I am today. Yeah. So yes, but that doesn't mean that if he or she doesn't like it that it's – no, you got to keep trying. Maybe yeah, I'll yeah. push their buns a little bit at first to, you know, really develop that grit in them. But if they, they come home, they're like, mommy, daddy, I don't like this thing. Who am I to say keep doing it? I think it's important, though, that they – I think fighting is just a good avenue for kids to learn about life a little bit, right? Yeah. Because that's something else I've realized. I have – this is going to sound fucked up on camera. <laughs> uh, I have this thing where I think every single person needs to be punched in the face once. Because I think it teaches them, not in like, yo, let's go punch this person. Hey, best Mike Tyson quote of all time. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. But that's exactly, like, I think a lot of people don't understand consequence. Right. Right? Because I think there's a lot of hyper-aggressive people. Like, you, you've seen it. Like, people who are driving down the street, and they, like, somebody cuts them off, and they go full <laughs> aggro. Right? And I used to be that way. Then, then Nowadays, I barely do it. Yeah, because I don't think because you're in the safety of your car and it's like different, right? But once you like step out, you realize like you don't know who you're cursing out. I think that's what like getting into the UFC has kind of like taught me. I don't want I don't talk shit to anybody anymore, right? Because I don't know who the fuck is a killer. The smallest guy in the room could completely fuck you up, dude. There's there's this dude that I know. Like he's like he's like five five. We always talk who's uh, Machado, right? Machado, yeah. But there's like this dude that I know that I went to like school with, right? Dude's like five five. Probably weighs like less than me. Yeah. But fucking purple belt. I'm Beast. like, somebody's gonna say something fucked up to that kid one day. Yeah. And he's just gonna be in an off mood and he's gonna kill them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's. Or, I like, or honestly, well, as a purple belt, as someone being that high in jujitsu, he has enough discipline not to ever engage in a fight. Oh, yeah. You don't want him to stop a fight. 
Because when you stop a fight, that means you're getting choked out. Okay? Yeah. And it could get dangerous. When you roll, this is like just out of curiosity. When yeah. you roll, are you rolling with just people at your belt level? Or are you rolling with people that are like purples or blacks? Both. Both. Really? I do both. So obviously due to the pandemic, I'm not training as much. Yep. But when I was training actively um, more than a few times a week, both. How is it rolling with purple belts though? Because like, like I feel like like they could probably kill you, right? Yeah. I mean like, they, they just – so – overarching theme of jiu-jitsu is it is physical chess you're on a physical chess board and purple belts they got all the king pieces yeah you got none of them so it's you're gonna get your shit right but that's how you get better mm-hmm. and whatever you learn from the purple belts they say the best way to learn something is to teach it yeah whatever i learned from that purple belt i go to the white belt class hey this is what i learned you do it this way so next time i fight the purple belt i've practiced what the purple belt killed me with yeah and i work it on it to him it's like, like it's like putting your sword through the fire. Through right? the fire. Through the fire. Yep. Like I, I like in the like. Do you think there's a world like post pandemic that that like when can you even train again? Man, I, I wish I could do it starting tomorrow because I gained a couple of lbs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, honestly, man, I think it's going to be several months. Um, it's like contact. Like it's not. That's even probably going to be the last thing that's going to be accessible to us because you're literally exposing yourself to the other person's sweat. Yeah, and like, saliva. And you're like right there on yeah. top of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. This was a good combo. It's beautiful, man. I'm so I, happy to be on. I appreciate it that you did this. Like, of course, man. It's my pleasure. You're listen. It, it takes a lot because this is probably what like your first time like doing like something like on video. Yeah, on. I, I was a little bit nervous. I'm not gonna no, lie. No, no, I'm glad you killed it. You killed it. I appreciate right. it, brother. Um, thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciated it. All right. All right.